Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel, and I'll be your host. This week, we're talking all about sacrifice. This episode's a little bit different than other episodes in the past. The first half, we're talking all about the problems with Genesis chapter 22 that we find with our modern Western eyes. We are asking a lot of questions about this passage. And then the latter half, we talked about the practical usage of sacrifice as a daily or regular rhythm of a habit in our lives as we walk to faithfully follow Jesus. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better by the power of His Spirit to do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to the Little Better Podcast. We're super excited to dive in uh, from this past weekend's talk on week four of Habits for Change, and this is episode four on More on Sacrifice. So we're talking all about sacrifice today, the habit um, of sacrifice. I, I shared this in my community group, but I was just um, excited that this was in the series because like, we really don't think about sacrifice or as you defined it, the act of giving back, mm-hmm. um, which is a really cool principle to think of. It's already God's as a, a habit. Like We want it to be a normal, not just an abnormal practice that we do like the week of Christmas. Yeah, it's good to have a <clears throat> non-controversial yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, and so, Drew, could you give us the sermon in sixty from this past weekend? Sure. We looked at the story of Abraham uh, sacrificing his son Isaac, um, God testing him, and we talked about how Abraham could do that because he knew what he had wasn't his, and he received it. He didn't earn it, and that he trusted God completely. And out of those things, it leads to our willingness to sacrifice back to God. Um, and so we looked at how Abraham walked in faith and how we should follow his example, how we need the habit of sacrifice in our lives. And usually that starts by, you know, growing in your trust with God. So again, you're not going to sacrifice to something you don't trust in. And then out of your trust, you live in obedience. And that's not just really for sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's really for everything yeah, in our lives. We, right. we got to trust God. And then out of that trust, we live in obedience to him. And so we said, we got to build a rhythm of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We offered 90 day challenge, right? You give, so you give back to God for 90 days. And if you don't feel satisfied, um, yeah. we'll give you your money back. And so we kind of let it. Yeah. Right so there. You, you said that in money, we we're talking about money specifically or why, why did we go straight to money when thinking about sacrifice? Yeah, I, I think because in our culture, it's the thing we love the most. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for the, and again, that's a, a stereotype, a, a generalized statement, but it, I think yeah. it's very true. One of the hardest things to give back to God, the thing that we hold on to so tightly, is our finances, and um, that's kind of why we we, we went yeah. that direction. Because you know, again, I think God is not going to come to you. Um, and say, hey, give up your 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 son or your daughter. Yeah. He's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does ask for our, you know a portion of our finances, ten percent of our finances. And yeah. sometimes for certain people, that feels like yeah. <laughs> what he asked Abraham. Well, to. money is a laboratory of the heart. Yeah, and you have the backing of the New Testament. I mean, some people have said I haven't verified it that Jesus talks more about money yeah. than hell. It's true. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're on solid ground to take it to money because that's where Jesus, you know, pokes at the hornet's nest as yep. well mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. Yeah, where your treasure is, there's your heart. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. there's scripture all over. Uh, it was brought up in our community group that like you, that was the one point that you didn't use a scripture reference for, 
And it's like, well, is it not there? That's what somebody was asking. And I was like, yeah, Drew was just, you know, he was just, he just wants more money. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like, it's all over. Like you can see like Abraham as early, like before the law, at, you know, mm-hmm. doing a 10% tie to Melchizedek. You can mm-hmm. see it over and over again throughout the Old and New Testament, the tithe being a 10% principle. And there, there are scholars that debate that, but the point is really is who has your heart yep. inside mm-hmm. of that. Uh, well, this episode is going to be slightly different, so just some formatting and, and just a note for the listeners. Uh, this passage could be super pop- problematic. So the first half, I'm going to watch our timer here so we don't go over our normal you know, 30, 35-minute timestamp. But the first half, I want to ask some questions that could be in other people's minds about some problems that we would have in our post-Christian worldview of GA... G- uh, Judeo-Christian worldview mm-hmm. um, versus the worldview of Abraham. All right, I so, am so looking forward to Drew's answers. Let's yes. Uh, <laughs> so he, here's here's the start off with this. So you brought up man Isaac. He he probably just like thanking God for his dad's faith. But like if you're laying on the altar as Isaac, wouldn't you have more tensions with God rather than trust and faith with God? Well, I, again, I think Isaac based off the story, laid down willingly. So mm-hmm. I don't think there was tension between Abraham mm-hmm. and Isaac because I, Isaac is probably old enough to to push back on his dad physically, um, and he knows a burnt offering. This is not the first time they offered a burnt offering. This was a rhythm of sacrifice yeah. back to God in their lives. Yeah. And so we know that based off the text, too. He's like, Dad, we're missing the lamb. So he's been through this journey. He's carried wood. He's offered a burnt offering before. And yeah. so he knows there has to be a sacrifice there. And there isn't one. And he's like, and where's the lamb? When his dad is like, hey, I'm going to tie you up now, right. I think he got the picture. And so <laughs> right. he could have easily fought, ran down the mountain. I mean, even if he's not stronger than Abraham, he could have just ran. Right, yeah. ran from his father. So you, you based yeah. off of what I would call common sense and understanding, Isaac willingly yeah. laid down. So, you so don't there's th- you there's don't a think level. Abraham like lassoed Western <laughs> style, like get over here. I mean, <laughs> I don't think there. I don't think Abraham was a, a good old Texas boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it was no sneak attack. Yeah, I, you just find the text in verse nine of Genesis twenty-two in that last sentence. It says, "So he bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood." That mm-hmm. just seems like a very like. This is what happened next versus like he wrestled him down, tied him up and threw him on the like it was it, it doesn't seem forceful yeah. at all. And like I don't think based on the the narratives in Genesis that they would be afraid to hide some of the details. If you read through Genesis mm. and see some of the awful things that people do, yeah. you know, I don't think they would hide some of the details if it was a struggle or altercation. It seems like Isaac is very willing. Yeah. inside of how he responds. Well, and remember, look at Abraham's life. You know, this wasn't the first time God called him to something crazy, right? Leave your family and go to the land I'm going to show you. Okay, I mean, that's pretty radical. You know, it's not as radical maybe as giving up your one and only son. And I'm sure in Isaac's life, again, we don't know how old he is, but we can probably assume at some point in his life, multiple times, he saw his dad obeying God, yeah. you know, doing what God says. And so I think this was instilled in him. Yeah. And this is like one of the key, you know, the pinnacle moments that we have in Abraham's story where he 
uh, listens to God and does what he says versus the times where he's like, listens to God and he's like, oh, I don't trust you anymore. And, yeah. the, and then God's it's like, a journey. calls you back to something else and like, okay, I'll trust you this time. It's like, oh, not this time. And so he just like up and down. It seems like a yeah. roller coaster of obedience. Yeah. I um, think the big problem is that anyone would trust God this much, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, so, I mean, this problem with what Isaac's doing, we obviously we have just as big a problem with what Abraham's doing that anyone, and they both, you know, um, they're both expressing this radical faith mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. incredibly foreign to us. And and we would call this, you know, if this happened today, we wouldn't call this radical faith. We'd call this Insanity. a radical. Yeah, you know, a, this person is a radical. Right. And again, you know, I don't think God. God is going to, I don't want to speak for God, right? But based off my assumption and who God is and his character, and we're in a different time period, I I don't think God's going to come to you and say, hey, Brad, would you give up your, you know, your son or your daughter? So if he's saying that to you, talk to somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because if you think about human sacrifice in general of, in this context, Abraham didn't have a you know, Christian worldview in, in in this time frame. There was no such thing that existed. Like the Christian and the, you know, Jewish worldview has impacted our society deeply. Yeah. And even if you don't claim to be a follower of Christ, it has impacted the way you see the world in some way. At least you're aware of people who see the world in that way. And so for Abraham, he was surrounded by people who practiced human sacrifice, child sacrifice as a regular uh, practice because they had to pay back the gods, you know, they, mm-hmm. they were, um, worshiping the pantheon. They, they were doing all these crazy radical things because this is what the gods require. This is yep. what the gods ask of them. Um, and we find in Yahweh or the one true God, the God of the Bible, um, the first God who actually provides the sacrifice for the, mm-hmm. the sacrificer, you know, like mm-hmm. he provides back to his people where all the other gods are asking, like, feed us or, or you know, asking in air quote, like that's what the belief was in the time of, yep. you know, they had to put food so that the gods would be able to eat so that they could provide rain so that they could provide food for them. Like, mm-hmm. but in this, you know, without because God, what does God get out of this? It's just Abraham's faith and obedience. Right. It's not anything of tangible. Yeah. Um, that's what's so hard and, about this story yeah. is it. you have to delete everything that you know because it yeah. didn't exist yet. Yeah. Right. This is at the very beginning of any society, any belief system. All that hasn't been established yet. Yeah. None, none of that. None of the laws of Israel are in existence. Like none. Right. None of those things. <clears throat> hundreds are of years there. Later. Yeah. This is hundreds of years before any of that even happened. So Abraham's just operating off of like, "Hey, go somewhere that I'm going to show you." An and audible voice. And he's going, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, okay. And, and, you know, and, and then he goes, and then he's, like, walk, walking through this journey. And so it's really hard for us because we just project everything we know back mm-hmm. onto the story and, like, well, why do you do that? Why do you do this? And so yep. um, it's there. Next question of tension. I think this is the biggest one that I had to wrestle through even when we were researching this is God says in verse 12 um, of Genesis 22, this is kind of when the angel of the Lord says, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything uh, to him. This is the phrase. Now I know you fear God. So did God not previously know? Does God not know everything in the world? You know, because we say that God is, has all the knowledge. Mm-hmm. He knows everything. He knows every possible outcome, every decision we will make, won't make, every thought in our head, every intention in our heart. But it seems from a 
at least a surface level reading of this passage, that God learned some information about Abraham. Yeah, I think, and, and it pops up other places too, right, where God repents, right? It seems like God mm-hmm. changes his mind, you know, and I, <clears throat> um, like I said, I'm really looking forward to Drew's answers. And one way <laughs> I think we're, we're just accommodating, you know, God is accommodating our understanding, yeah. you know, and our sure. viewpoint and our perspective, you know, on this. Um, but, yeah, obviously, theologically, we know that God does not change. We have solid scriptural backing for that. He doesn't need to develop, mature, uh, know, and discover more. So everything that's happening here is for our benefit, not his, and changing us, not him. But, Drew, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think this is way, I think this statement is for Abraham, not for God. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put it like this, okay, my daughter, she's homeschooled, right? And so there's times where we have to test her. And there's a lot of times when we test her that we've already, we already know she can do it, mm-hmm. right? But it, we have to test her and she takes the test, she crushes it. And I'm like, now I know you can get, I, you can do this. I already knew. Yeah. But again, remember at the very beginning of this passage, it says God was testing Abraham. Mm-hmm. And so God knew how Abraham was going to, whether he was going to pass or fail this test mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Right. And so I think when the angel came to Abraham and said this, it was a confidence builder in Abraham. It's like, Abraham, I, I see this in you. Let me, let me affirm this in you. Mm-hmm. It's not God saying, wow, whew. I was biting my nails there, and I, Abraham came through. Like, we just made it through this one. God knew. I think this statement is for Abraham and the confidence of God. I know you trust me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were talking about something before we started filming as well, is if you view this passage as a whole, you know, look at this full picture of a story, you were pointing out that if God was testing Abraham and he knew the outcome, um, whichever way this turns out, looking at the issue of, human sacrifice or child sacrifice that neither way is Isaac being put to death. Yeah. Because if Abraham disobeys God, he's alive. He's not going to kill him. Right. But God was testing him, and either way, Isaac's not going to die. So our tension with the human sacrifice doesn't even exist, really. It really should Because God God was never, no way this turns out does Isaac end up dead, unless he trips and falls down the mountain, right? (laughs) You know, so like... Either way, he, he's good. And, and one other thing that I, w- I want to point out about this knowledge is this is the Hebrew word yada, which the Hebrew word yada, if you do a quick like Bible word study, if you look it up, just in Genesis 3.5 through Genesis 22.9, which is where this, or 22.12 with this passage, it's used like 25 times in six different ways. So it, these, I just, I'll, I'll share these really quick. So it can be translated to know or learn information, to realize, to stumble upon, mm-hmm. uh, to make love. It's the same word for sex mm-hmm. in the Hebrew uh, Bible. To experience one very personally, if you want to think of it like that, mm-hmm. uh, or to be made aware of, or to confirm existing information. Mm-hmm. So it's everything from like I learned something new to a husband and wife had sex. Like it's it's that broad, it's encompassing a lot. of mm-hmm. encompassing relational. Mm-hmm. Um, word and so, so however you want to say, like it, it did God experience Abraham's obedience that time? Like he actually experienced it versus other times when Abraham disobeyed. You know, so he, it, he if you translate it that way, it's not God learning. There's only mm-hmm. one of the six ways that God is actually learning mm-hmm. information, mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I don't think we can look at this passage and say, oh, see, it's God learning new content. He, he, he knew the content. Well, and Abraham's journey of trust is up and down, too. Yeah. So, again, this is affirming to Abraham, who has blown it in and certain multiple times. Multiple times. And yeah. how good does it feel in our lives when we are affirmed by people who, you know, we do the right thing, and they're like, hey, man, I, I know. that I know doesn't mean you're going to do it perfectly the next time. It just yeah. means I see what you just were willing to give up, and I'm mm-hmm. affirming that confidence I have in you that you trust me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do the same, we use the same language and mean the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we, we say, I know, but really we already knew, mm-hmm. but what we're doing is we're affirming to the other person mm-hmm. we know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you think about Abraham's journey. He, he gives his wife away twice. <laughs> right. uh, he's like, oh, she's my sister. It's fine. <laughs> like, uh, And then he sleeps with uh, a handmaid, yep. an Egyptian, yep. and then he sends her away. Like he's super passive in everything he does, right? He's so passive yep. in his uh, way of leadership. And this is a time where we talk about the pinnacle. Like, look how great Abraham is. And it's like, okay, <laughs> he had one pinnacle moment. Yeah. He was he was a flawed sinner, human being yeah. that is on this journey with Genesis God. is pretty clear. Our, yeah. our works do not save us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you know, when you mess up, you carry those with you, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sure Abraham, right, he he, he almost has bookends of successes, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the land I'm leading you. Yes, first one got it. Mm-hmm. He did you it. Know, the, the, this last one, sacrifice Isaac, got it. But in the middle, he's got a lot of failures in trusting God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you, we carry our failures, right? Mm-hmm. We, we. I know a lot of people who struggle with like, man, am I good enough? Am I, am I ever going to get this right? And the affirming power of God saying to Abraham, I know you trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, that is powerful in, in a person's life. Yeah. Right. And... Through all the failures, he gets to look at him and be like, yes. Yeah, anyways, God was saying to Abraham, let me prove to you yeah. that you trust <laughs> yeah. me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking a lot about sacrifice inside of this and how it fleshes itself out in our lives. And, and the one thing that I, I thought of while the, we were listening to this message on Sunday, um, and you like called action of the application of this talk is maybe taking the nine-day challenge. What advice would you give a person um, whose whose spouse is maybe not on board? Because I mean, like one one person we didn't think about in this story because she's not a forefront character is is Sarah, mm-hmm. um, Isaac's mom, Abraham's wife. Like, wh- what are her feelings? You know, towards this this moment as they're marching back down the mountain, and she's like <laughs> clicking in her head, like, what happened up there? And then then you know, Isaac's like, hey, mom, guess what happened today? Like, I'm thinking like, God graciously kept her totally in the dark. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is a little different, too, because in the society that Abraham lived in, you know, women just didn't have much say or much mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I, I would, you know, in, in my world, it's like, I, I got to talk to my wife about this. Yeah. I'm not sure Abraham was thinking that. Just It's yeah. just a different world. Right. And, you know, but but at some point, I wonder if that story yeah. ever leaked to advise, her. you uh, advise... Yes. Today oh, to yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Have you guys seen like the History Channel's like the Bible? Like when they did, like they mm-hmm. teamed up with a few people. In this story, I think if I remember this correctly, it's like when they're marching back down the mountain. It's like Sarah's like right behind a boulder. Like what just happened? And she's like looking at him coming down, like frustrated and confused. Like I think that's how they they present it. So you did what? You, what happened? <laughs> Every man has heard that one before, right? Though, like you did what? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Um, uh, but did you want us to answer that yeah, question? So like, what advice? So, so what advice would you give? So think of it in the terms of, you know, somebody hears the story. 
uh, here's the talk like, man, we haven't been tithing really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, we've only been given 2% and I want to bump it to six or seven and their spouse is just utterly against it. This is, this is a tough one, right? This is really tough. Cause I think there's different circumstances too. Um, I think it depends on, you know, where does your spouse stand with the Lord? Yeah. I think that's the primary, Yeah, right? What's more important is that your spouse would cross the line of faith than give back to a church, right? I mm-hmm. think that's a huge step because I just, it's hard for people who are far from God to understand that we would give a portion of our income back to God. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to convince somebody without that relationship. So I think that takes the pri- primary. If your spouse is is lost and you're trying to say, hey, we should give more. And to me, I would go after, like, I, I would pray that the, that your spouse would come to know the Lord before she even agrees to giving more money. I think that is the priority. Now, if your 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 spouse knows the Lord and is still pushing back, I think you just have to continue to love your spouse like Christ loved the church, right? That's mm. for us men. And, and, and I think it's a conversation and it's, it's, you don't have to rush to it, right? You don't have to, every, everything is a journey and we have to learn to trust God. And so I would, I would continue to have conversations, continue to read books together, talk to other couples who maybe have struggled with this. I think this is a great thing about community groups, right? You can sit mm-hmm. in your community group and ask questions. It's a safe place. Meet with a pastor and talk about, hey, when we give, where does it go? And what, you know, some people just have trust issues with like churches, like, hey, we give and like, I don't, I don't see the budget lines of where my money goes and stuff like that. And so have this conversation, get your questions answered. I think that helps in the journey and pray, 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 pray. Yeah. I I certainly wouldn't, don't go into it assuming you're absolutely right and trying to convince this moron to get on board. Um, I, so we walked through this years ago mm. uh, when Northridge had their first capital campaign to build the current auditorium. And that was the first time we even had the idea of a capital campaign, mm. I mean, which was a culture shock and, and different yeah. for us. It was like, really? People are just going to give faithfully. You know, what, what are you doing here? Um, all kinds of pushback, suspicion, whatever. But I, I, it, was, it was walked through very slowly, and a, a godly vision was cast. And then Karen and I were getting down to the point of how much would we commit, you know, to this capital campaign. And I had a number that was very different than her number. Mm. And that was tense. I mean, mm. that was a tough, tough time. But I did know that that um, if I got my way by bullying, that would be wrong. Yeah. Um, you're stepping over her. I mean, God gave me this wife who is, I would say, more godly than me. Mm. And if she's got questions... Let's let's talk about it. It's it's possible that I'm just being ridiculous, or it's possible that I'm being faithful. Ultimately, she agreed to that number, and it would be very interesting for me to ask her now, ten years later. I'm I, I'm pretty confident she would say, you know, she was, you know, it was tough, but that she was not bullied. That I that mm. I that she was on board, and that was huge. It was it was a huge number. That was just, I mean, we still had kids young kids and thinking about how are we going to educate them and everything else. And I mean, it just, it, it seemed to jeopardize all of that. Um, but we, you know, committed to a big, big number, but we were both on board. It took a long time to get there. It wasn't easy, but I would definitely say, Hey guys, don't bully your wives, yeah. you know, and God gave them to you for a reason. And, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I've been very grateful, you know, for her counsel, you mm. know, you know, in many things, but I but if we're to be one flesh, I think you you do need to step through that yeah. in unity. I think one of the most powerful prayers in a marriage, especially when there's disagreement, 
and let's say for some reason you feel like you are in in you're in the right space, right? You feel like this is the direction you need to go. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most powerful prayers is God, please bring my husband or my wife with me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think what we do a lot of times is we try to be the aggressor and produce the change that God needs to produce. Mm-hmm. And guilty. I think, yeah, yeah I'm so guilty of that. Like I'm going to manipulate my wife into thinking the way I think. And I think if you are in this situation, one of the, one of the most powerful things you can do is not try to convince your spouse to agree with you. If you do really feel like what you're trying to do is the godly path, the right path for your family or, or whatever, just pray this simple prayer. God, would you bring my spouse to where I am? Right. Mm-hmm. Would you move her heart? And I'm going to patiently wait for you to to affirm that. I like. I think that's an affirming thing, too, to know, hey, this is the path God wants you is like, hey, God, I need you to help my spouse come come along with me. And mm-hmm. I'll wait until that happens. Um, I think there's something beautiful in that. It, it takes your hands off control, too. Right. It, you can easily say, I, I didn't manipulate or overplay or overstep this position. Right. I allowed God to do what he saw best. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, well, let's ask another question about application more. What are other things than money that we could think about sacrificing to God? What are other things that come to you guys' mind or are things that could be complicated to sacrifice um, when God could be asking us to take other steps? You, you could think about mm-hmm. the habits, you know, think about putting other spiritual habits in your life. Um, or just other things in general? What comes to your guys' mind? I'll go big picture, Brad. You can get practical. I think anything that you love more than God needs sacrificed. Yeah. So, again, this is not just a, oh, what are the things in my life I need to give up? It's anything that takes God's rightful place becomes an idol, and that needs sacrifice. That can be your spouse. That can be your kids. That can be your job. So anything you Mm -hmm. love more than you love God needs sacrifice. And I don't mean, okay, let me bring yeah. some clarity yeah, yeah, to I that. Wanna, okay. I was going to ask for some clarity. So, uh, what would it, it look like to sacrifice your spouse? Use that one. I know that one sounds a little extreme. Even that word, those words coming out of my mouth. It's like, what would that look like though in your life? Yeah. When your spouse is getting in your, in the way of your relationship with God. And that is not, that, that's a, is a, your, a your problem, not their problem. Mm-hmm. Just, just yeah. for the record, right? That's not their fault. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. It means, Hey, I'm going to create some space not like I'm I'm leaving space, but I need to I need to reprioritize things in my life. So I need to put God first. So I need mm. to be spending time with God. Again, the word sacrifice is, is yeah. feels like such a horrible word there, right? Mm-hmm. But what we're saying is anything in your life can become an idol. And when it becomes an idol, you have to reorder your life in priority. And God always needs to be at the top of that priority. Right. Remember the word sacrifice from Sunday. We talked about it at the beginning of the talk. It was or in the beginning of this episode is to give back. Yeah. It's like at the core, it means to, to give it back. Um, so the rightful owner, being God, he owns mm-hmm. everything. We're giving it back to him. It's not we're slitting its throat and putting it right. on. It's like that's what we... When I think of sacrifice, the first thing I think of is like animal sacrifice in the Old Testament law, like <clears throat> of killing something. Yeah, but, and a great example yeah. of this for me, like my wife is my best friend, and what I often do is I worry about her, right? And what that worry mm-hmm. is is she becomes so important to me that I don't trust God with her. Yeah. Couldn't Same with my kids, yeah, yeah. right? Like they go away and I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen? Are they? Da-da? It's like, no, I'm going to give that back to God and say, God, 
you love them more than I, they're yours, and I trust you yeah. with them. That's what I mean by like yeah. a sacrifice. That's a, a great example. I, I think a lot of people worry about their spouse and their kids, and the reason why they worry is because they're not in control. And to give it back to God is saying, God, they're yours. Yeah, but they think they can control them, protect them more than God can, better yeah. than God can, provide for them better or more. At so. their best is is not <clears throat> yeah. is better for than sure. God's best. Yeah. yeah, and when you said uh, we need to sacrifice anything we love more than God, we need to um, heap huge skepticism on, on, on our own <laughs> our own opinions. Was, was, I don't love anything more than God. Oh, really? <laughs> and a lot of the times that gets pointed out to us. I'll, I'll give you an example for me, which was, um, and I, I will talk about more than money. We're going back to money. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, years ago, my dad died at the age of 52. It was a bit of an inheritance you know, that, uh, you know, Karen and I had, it helped, it enabled me to go to seminary. Mm. Um, but, you know, that money was, you know, sitting, you know, in investments. And I think year 2000, there was an internet bubble burst, you know, and that, because I had always told myself, I don't, I don't care about money. My heart is not wrapped up mm. in money. My security is not in money. I, and that, when that dropped like mm. 30%, it was just like I was so anxious. Mm. I mm. was so, and I and I said, and I just, I remember saying to myself, I had no idea I loved money that much. Yeah. I had no idea I put that much trust in money. So that's the that's where you have to follow through on some of these acts, right? Mm. You say, oh yeah, mm. I don't have a problem with that. Really? Well then, give it up. Yeah, mm. and uh, you know, find ways you know to do it. And as far as big picture goes, I know people out. A lot of time people say time, talent, treasures, right? We've been mm. talking about treasure, mm. but it may be talents, yep. right? Mm. Where the, which you are routing in God's direction. Mm. Um, it, How would one do that? Like a career, right? Yeah. There are career choices, right? Where it's like, okay, here, here's ways that I can optimize it in a way that benefits me, right? You know, maybe this will, you know, provide for my family and make me rich or famous. You yeah. know, a lot of us aspire in that direction. We don't quite get there. But <laughs> most uh, of us. <laughs> but instead to say, you know, I'm going to give this, you know, to the kingdom somehow, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm going to choose, you know, I'm going to, you know, work less so that I can serve more or change my career direction, you know, all because of kingdom values. There are sacrifices yeah. that could be made there. Yeah. And certainly with time, you know, mm-hmm. it's just... I mean, would you give up vacation time? Would you give up, you know, you know, personal time, yeah. you know, yep. uh, to to do other things? Yeah, I did devotions with my kids this morning, and it was Colossians three twenty three, and it makes me think of that verse. Whatever you do, mm-hmm. do it as you're doing it to the Lord, yeah. right? And so, with your gifts, and we're going to talk more about these mm-hmm. things. So I'm not going to go into detail because okay. so we're yeah. going to talk about your time and your mm-hmm. talents. Okay, yeah. you know, serving in the local church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm always amazed at our worship teams, right? I'm like, wow, look mm-hmm. at the talent, the volunteers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Other than we have, you know, mm-hmm. two paid staff people, volunteers giving up their time, and man, can they sing and can they play instruments? Yeah, I right. always expire because I've always wanted to be able to sing or play a guitar or drums and I just can't. Okay, I can't. So I think Bano can give you lessons. You know, but I also have, we have people who just have an amazing gift to teach kids. Yeah. Right. Of Just making the Bible come alive for little ones who use that, sacrifice time on Sunday, a day off where they mm-hmm. use those gifts. There's so many people in our church in Overlooked areas and in mm-hmm. on the stage areas that yeah. use their gifts and their time and their talent for for the glory mm-hmm. of the Lord. Right. Yeah. And those can all be you know sacrifices, giving them back to God. Of or, you think of like things tied up into that is comfort mm-hmm. uh, is another thing that oh, that I could love be comfort. Uh, or a way of life, a lifestyle. <laughs> um, 
inside of that. There could be so many things um, that God is asking us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two questions to wrap up. This episode may be a little longer. Um, the first one is, is what are steps? The, another question that came to my mind about this passage, but it really applies to our life. How do I know when it's God asking me to do something that may seem a little crazy? Um, and I'm not, you know, a, a pastor I used to serve with used to use this analogy like, don't don't like put God to the test and like climb out on the limb like and like turn around with a chainsaw and saw it off. Be like God, don't let me fall. Like in like right. in, inside of this, but you know, mm-hmm. you know, be sure that it's God. Um, how, how do we how do we know though? How do we know that it's like God asking whether it's giving a large sum of money or if it's like sacrificing a time, taking a career change of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be a whole plethora of ideas that somebody could be having. Well, we certainly have impulsive ideas. So the idea yeah. that it would last, right? I mean, don't you know? Don't do things instantly. You know, if there is time to mm-hmm. pray, to reflect, and see, does this uh, does this last? But also, I'm always going to be looking to loop in the most godly people I know, Mm. whether in my community groups or other people to reach out to and say, what does this sound like to you? Mm. You know, Mm. is this just make, make sense to you? I have a, uh, like a tension here just because I I feel like there are good filters. Like you said, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, yeah. One, does this align with God's word, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. and talk to godly people. I also think people use these as crutches to talk themselves out of yeah, big absolutely. things God is asking them to. And yeah. so it's a very hard line of, right? Because I, I think big steps of faith are hard. And yeah. we 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 got to go for it sometimes, right? right? And again, I'm not saying the the you got to make sure that it's God, right? And there's a lot of ways you can do that, but at some point you got to take a leap of faith, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think God calls us to big things sometimes, and we use the filters we're supposed to see if it's mm-hmm. God in manipulation to somehow talk our way out of not wanting to do the thing God wants us to do. Absolutely. And so we have to be careful with that. Yeah, yeah, like you said, like a spouse would be an easy out. Oh, yeah. she's not on board. Well, wait a minute, maybe God's calling you to teach yes. and guide and disciple Yes. <laughs> There's yeah. always roadblocks in the way of right. big faith steps. There is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Isaac would have been one of those, right? Abraham's like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. What about Isaac? Yeah. Right? How, how, mm-hmm. and God takes care of those things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, Abraham was just like, did he tell his son? Did he, did he, I mean, at some point he had to, but did he <laughs> wait till he got to the mountains? Like, yeah. you're the sacrifice, Isaac. Mm-hmm. And God just, mm. God moved in Isaac's heart. It was he, how did that work out? And yeah. I think anytime it comes to sacrificing or following God, do we know it's God? Yeah. We need to make sure it's God, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. don't just, sometimes we get these crazy ideas and it's, it's all us, mm-hmm. right? Cause yeah. it's our pride saying, if I did this, people wouldn't notice. That's not God. Yeah. That's your mm-hmm. pride. So you got to be careful, run the, through the checklist, but don't use the checklist to come up with some excuse not to do something yeah. sometimes a little bit wild and crazy for the Lord. Yeah. And then I would, I would even add to that, just add to the conversation. Like, do you have a normal, the habits or are the other habits like as a normal practice in your life? Like I think sacrifice uh, especially when talking in Christian circles is a glorified one. Like, oh my gosh, like look how much they gave up for mm-hmm. God. Like it's like the glorified one. But when we talk about like, do you daily pray, read your Bible yeah. and and maybe serve at church on a weekly basis? Like, and it's behind the scenes and it's messy right. and it costs you like that normal grind mm-hmm. is that those aren't like, oh man, he reads his Bible every day. And it's like, 
it's not. Well, those, it's, are, those uh, are the important ones. Those are important. Like, right. And so it's like, do you have some of those in place to have those <clears throat> spaces carved out for God um, to be molding your heart over time so that when that big step is, it's like, I know God's. Yeah, I, sometimes I know, you don't even have to run uh, through the filters because yeah. the filters are always running. Yeah, right? When you're reading running, God's yeah. word, when you're spending <clears throat> time praying and you hear God's voice, you're, you're like, not what? like, oh, was that God or is that me? No, you consistently that live real? that way. You're yeah. close to God. And uh-huh. so, wow, it's 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 the same in every relationship. When my yeah, wife says yeah. something, I'm not like, wait, is that my wife? Are, are you no. sure? I'm like, actually, we're going to have to pray about this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go consult wise counsel whether I should listen to you. <laughs> yeah, but I think what you said is so important because I think about, um, like, I've... Uh, when I run it, ran a marathon, okay, yeah. it would be, I could say, here's my sacrifice. I'm going to show up at the marathon and run 26 miles, 385 yards. No, that, that you're an idiot, right? <laughs> you need to have had, you know, I, you know, 18 to 24 weeks of daily sacrifices. The sacrifice isn't on the, the race day. Mm, the yeah. sacrifice is the weeks, months of little sacrifices. I sacrifice by setting my alarm for 5.30 a.m. every morning yeah. and getting out and doing a run, you know? Yeah. And those were the sacrifices that mattered. So Abraham, I'm sure, had a history of little sacrifices that prepared him for the mountain moment, yeah. right? Mm, I mean, that, yep. that, that didn't come out of the blue. God prepared him for that. There's a sacrifice we have to make daily. Yeah. I, I, I love what you said about yeah. that. Uh, last question, then we'll wrap up this week's uh, episode. Um, immediate obedience to God. Why is that important, and how do we practice that? Well, because God has the final say. It's just a matter of trust, right? I, I'm trying to teach my kids this, right? Yeah. It's funny. we The things we do with our kids, we often fail to do with God. Mm-hmm. Immediate obedience, right? God, it, that, that's why we call him God, mm-hmm. right? He is master. He is Lord. And we don't question, well, we might question our boss, but at the end of the day, your boss has the final say. And if you, if you don't obey, guess yeah. what happens? It should be the same with, with God. When God mm-hmm. calls us to something, when he says something to us, it's, okay, I'll do it right away. Yeah. You know, and it, it, that 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 immediate obedience is a a gauge for me for my life and for many people's lives of how much I truly trust God. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the big thing is with with God, and you think about Abraham's story is is his God's track record of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if a, a a situation is sticky and doesn't turn out the way we desired it to, He always is working, you know, for His glory and for our good. Um, and so, like. To trust God, even when you don't see the outcome, even when you don't see what's on the other side of the fence, and He says jump over the fence, like uh, or whatever that is. This is a silly example, but is He has a track record of faith, faithfulness, um, and even when it doesn't look good, mm-hmm. you know, um, He He is still faithful and He's still working. All if we truly believe, you know, that passage in Romans eight twenty eight that's on coffee mugs, right? Mm-hmm. That He works all things together uh, for His glory and for our good, like. Um, then we we should trust him and, and do what he says when he says it. Like the thing is, I, you preached on Gideon in that trust series a couple of months ago, and the passage where, where Gideon and Judges, he's like fleece. Okay, all right. If if there's dew on the fleece, then I'll know it's you, God. And then the next day, he's like, all right. Well, if there's dew Switch around <laughs> the fleece but not on the fleece, then I'll, I was like, I never want to be yeah. Gideon yeah. in those moments of like, all right, all right, God, listen. If you put dew. On the middle of the fleece, but not on the... It's like, you know, it's just like, all right, just do what God says. Like, even if it's going to be hard, even if you're not going to like it, even if people are going to laugh at you, like, just do what God says. And sometimes immediate is really important. I think of my kids, right? When I say stop, 
I needed to be immediate sometimes because yeah. we're walking across the street, cars right. come and stop. If that immediate obedience doesn't happen, sometimes God is saying, hey, do this immediately because he's <clears throat> protecting you from something that's coming, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes he says, go, and he wants to move you to keep you yeah. from something coming your way. Like the immediate, we don't see the big picture. We don't. Yeah. We have a minute focus of what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And we trust him because he sees way more than we do. He sees the dangers that are coming and he wants to keep us from. He sees the blessings that are on the other side if we would just break through and push through. And immediate, I think, is is important because timing in so many areas of our life is very yeah. important. Yeah, I mean, that's a habit too, right? Delay is a habit, a bad habit, and that that's not what mm-hmm. you want to... The, mm-hmm. the muscle you want to strengthen is that immediate yep. response. Yeah. And I would also say, you know, it's just in terms... We do come up short, right? Yeah, in we so do. In so many ways, and everyone's messing up and everything else. It just, you know, reminds us this isn't about getting a good report card. No, right? yeah, or, it's or like you, you see God's grace all throughout Abraham's mm-hmm. story. Like God, God could have shifted and be like, "All right, I'm trying somebody else." Like uh-huh. you, you disobey me one too many times, but that's not how God works. God uh-huh. works, and it's his his thumbprint of grace is just. All it's over everywhere. the Bible, right. Old and New Testament, and all of this just paints the picture, as you said, you know, for Christ. It just mm-hmm. it lays. It's just like so much of it is just an education of how impossible it is for us, right? I mean, yeah. we we you know, it's it's just hammering that silly myth out of our heads. Yeah, yeah. That, and the gospel here in this story is so beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. You see Abraham and Isaac climbing a mountain. What did Jesus do? He climbed a mountain mm-hmm. for us. And, you know, we don't often like to look at it this way, but it was God who held the dagger yeah, and yeah. killed his son. Right. The, Jesus yeah. didn't, the, the Romans didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. The crucifixion didn't kill him. Yeah. Jesus surrendered his life mm-hmm. to his father. Yeah. That is the picture of the gospel that probably other stories don't give you that full graphic violent picture of God taking his son's life. But this is a complete inversion of human sacrifice. It's God's sacrifice. Yeah, that's right. That's good. No better way to end. Well, thanks so much for listening this week uh, on A Little Better. Thanks so much for liking, commenting, and subscribing. Share this episode with your friends if you found it helpful. We'll see you next week.